At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Getting you ready for all of Saturday's betting action. This is Saturday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. And welcome in, fine friends. Dan Leach alongside Greg Hoops Peterson. Hour number three. Greg, I got to tell you, working with you is always a dream. And I know I'm, the, as you mentioned earlier, the only man not named Greg Peterson to host your show. So it is one of the honors of my life. I mean that. <laughs> but that was a pretty darn fast two hours. And what that means, with all humility, is that we're obviously great at what we do. But also, it's super fun working with you. So thank you for being a great uh, partner on the ride tonight. And uh, we got a lot coming up. We've had a lot of fun so far. Absolutely, we have. And it feels like I just sat down in this chair like five minutes ago. I look up and... Hey, it's hour number three, and it certainly does help when we've got so much great action and all the great guests that have been booked by our wonderful producer, Brian, as well, has helped along the way. Got to give him some love. Yeah, Brian Ortega is as top level as it gets. He even has tacos named after himself, and I believe a hot sauce named after his mom, Juanita. There he is, the great Brian Ortega, B.O., the good kind of B.O., if you know what I mean. Uh, follow Greg on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. Myself at Dan Leach DTM. And as you mentioned, great guests. We had Rob Donaldson uh, on earlier, the Costa All Eyes podcast. Please follow him on Twitter at Rob DFB. We had Sean Hardy on talking some Knicks and NBA. He did a great job, uh, as always, at Sean with a W underscore for him on Twitter as well. And Mike Randall let it off for us earlier in the show. Great stuff from him, the chief content officer of the FTN Network at Randall Rant. On Twitter. All right, well, Greg, let's get right into it here. Uh, so many big games coming up in college hoops 
in the conference tournaments. And we're going to kind of run through these as we go through our number three here. And let's start with a team that I, I, I mean, I, I'll talk about them. I, I really wish I didn't have to, but I guess we can make fun of them because they're going to hopefully get blasted uh, today in the Eastern time zone, but tomorrow out there where you're at in Vegas. Some of the 16 and 18 Ohio State Buckeyes who could win a game if they sold their soul to the basketball devil for much of the last couple of months are in the Big Ten semifinal after finding a way over Michigan State and Tommy Izzo earlier uh, on, on Friday. They play Purdue, a team we've talked about a lot throughout this show, a team I still believe, even though they failed so many times under Matt Painter with great teams, but with player of the year, Zach Eady, and you know a team that won't be a one seed, maybe it takes a little pressure off, they could make a big run for this tournament. But how about this game at 1 o'clock Eastern on CBS from the United Center in Chicago, Purdue a seven-point favorite, the total 134. There's no way you're going to say there's value in the Buckeyes plus the points, are you? Because if you do, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust and respect it. But I just can't imagine Ohio State is going to be in this game in the second half. Now, I don't want to lay really anything more than seven, but I'm willing to lay the seven here with Purdue. It's pretty much my max buy point on them. I do think that once you get up to eight, north of eight, that's when you'd start to find the value with Ohio State. But I mean, really, the only argument that you could make for Ohio State in this game is that they were due for some positive progression after what we saw towards the early part of the year where... Yeah, they, they couldn't be any worse, Greg. <laughs> they were not great, but at the same time, they were really unlucky, too. Like, every single pounce in those close games did not go their way. They were better than their record indicated. I feel safe in saying that, but at the same time, you've got an Ohio State team that somehow, someway has been winning without Zed Key, their top rebounder. Bryce Sensabaugh did not play in the game against Michigan State as well. That's their top scorer. That is by far their top player as well. We do not know his status, but even if he plays, what I always say with just any sport as well, it's not just whether or not a player goes out there and plays. How close to 100% is he going to be? And if he missed the game yesterday, I can't think that he's anywhere close to 100% for this game as well. So that's a little bit of a bugaboo. You've got an Ohio State team as only really going six deep as well. And for Purdue, they've got giant of the earth, Zach Eady, who's the best player in all of college basketball, registering right around 22 points, 13 boards. For Ohio State, they have to go at him without their top two rebounders as well. I recognize when these two teams hooked up the first time around, that was a very much nip and tuck game that Purdue had to hit a late three to be able to get the job done in, but you just don't have that rebounding for Ohio State. I think that Purdue wins this battle on the glass, and for Purdue, they entered into the Big Ten tournament with a rebound rate of 58.4%. And what rebound rate is simply, you get 100 rebounds in a game. So, I mean, if you grab 51 out of 100 rebounds, your rebound rate would be 51%. No other team entering into yesterday was north of 56.5%. Purdue, they were at 58.4%. They are going to dominate on the glass. I do like Purdue, and I also do like the under for that reason as well. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, you know, this smells like, you know, you know, a blowout to me, but we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't throw it out there. I know that you mentioned earlier in the show that you laughed at some people that had, you know, crazy long futures on the Buckeyes. They are sitting there seven to one right now to win the, the Big Ten tournament. Purdue minus 130, Indiana plus 360, way too of a helter, skelter team, uh, Jekyll and Hyde team for me with the, the Hoosiers. And then Penn State and Micah Shrewsbury, somehow in the semis, they're playing, they're one of the hotter teams. Uh, maybe in the major conferences right now, finding a way to the Big Ten, ten semis at five to one. When you look at that, is there any value? Because I, I think that this is Purdue's tournament to lose. Uh, but you know, you look at the Buckeyes at seven to one. Obviously, I'm not touching that. 
But when you look at the other three teams, aside from Purdue, and maybe a Penn State, look at a little value at 5-1 to one to win the Big Ten tournament. Honestly, if I were looking at these futures, I would just do a money line rollover on both of those teams because, like, I'm looking at the money line for Iowa State currently at DraftKings. You're finding it at a plus 265. Unless if for some reason they were to be a favorite in their next game, which, I mean, regardless <laughs> of who comes out of that one, they aren't going to be. You get a much better value just taking the money line of Ohio State. You take your winnings, you roll it over the next game. That's the way that I'd be approaching it. When it comes to a lot of these futures, when it comes to conference tournaments, all the ones that have a semifinal match, I would just instead do a money line rollover because the payout is going to be better. Yeah, Greg, I'm so glad you brought that up, and I've seen you talk about this and write about it and do it on your podcast many times uh, in the past. I think it's important that people know there might be people joining us tonight that aren't as familiar with that. And what Greg is basically saying is instead of taking a future at 7-1 to one or 5-1 to one or whatever, you just take the money line of the actual game. If you think they're going to win the conference tournament, you take that money line and whatever your bet size is, roll it over, you get a better payout. That is such a, a way to analytically and metrically make better money, Greg, is a lot of times, like you mentioned, you're going to get better odds with a money line rollover. I know this famously, I'm forgetting the team right now. It might have been the Tampa Bay Rays, whoever it was, about two or three years ago in Major League Baseball. They went on some crazy winning streak. And if you would bet $100 on their money line each day for whatever the winning streak was, you would have won like $23,000. Probably so, the Indians back in the day, now the Guardians, because they had that yes. super long win streak. Yes, I think maybe it was. I, I, I know that it was. Uh, I know the Indians definitely were one of those teams. But that's such an important point, Greg, because you want to, as, as you know, people like you and myself and all the great people at Veasan try to teach people. It's all about value. It's all about finding the best way to make a profit when you're wagering. And I think that a lot of times, Greg, people don't realize you're going to get way better odds by doing rollovers with money lines than you are by taking a future in a conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, whatever it is. And I think it's very important that people understand how to do that, that yes, it's still a long shot, like taking the Buckeyes at seven to one to win the Big Ten Conference Tournament. But if you roll over the money lines in back-to-back -back games, you're gonna get a bigger profit anyway. So why would you not do that in the first place? And let me add this in here as well. What else do you get with a money line rollover is protection because when you take a future, you're stuck with it. I recognize that there are things like prop swap that are out there, but if you take a future, you're riding with it regardless of who you draw. And that's the biggest thing for me and the biggest reason why I don't do really any college basketball futures. You have no idea who these teams are going to be drawing in the bracket. You could be the greatest bracketologist on the face of planet Earth. There's no way that you're going to be able to nail all those teams. And there are people out there that do an absolutely amazing job of being able to take a look at it. But you never know what the matchups are going to be. If you find a bad matchup, you're able to walk away as well. And let's say there is some sort of an injury like we're taking a look at with a team like a UCLA. You can just decide after winning some money on that money line rollover, star player goes out, use the dodgeball reference, player X falls off the roller coaster, breaks every bone in his body. You don't need to take the money line rollover approach once again after that injury. You can walk away from the table with your winnings. You could treat someone special to a nice dinner. You can put it all on something else. It does not matter. You don't need to keep rolling it over. You give yourself that extra protection if you do get that bad matchup or injury. Dwayne, that happened to my cousin Riri. Broke every bone in his body. <laughs> what a great movie. Dodgeball. Cool ball's out. All right, one more game I want to throw out here before uh, uh, we get to a break here. Missouri-Bama, 1 o'clock Eastern from Bridgestone Arena. It's been a very fascinating SEC tournament. Great conference as well this year, uh, especially at the top with a team like Bama and, and others that have played so well in the SEC. Bama, a 9.5-point favorite 
157 at the total. Greg, Missouri is maybe one of those teams, as, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, you know, Arizona is obviously a much higher seed, that maybe is being slept on a little bit. I, I mean, I know analytically a lot of people that I respect, uh, people like you that cover you know, Coop's college hoops top to bottom, seem to really like Missouri, 24-8, and 11-7 and seven in conference play. To me, I know Bama is incredible. But that seems like a lot of points on a neutral side game. And this Alabama team just doesn't feel like they've been the same team ever since all the Brandon Miller hoopla yep. started up as well. The cover that we saw from them on Friday was their first cover really since the news broke out. And with Missouri, what I like about this team is that they generate turnovers. They are sixth in the country in terms of turnover rate. They generate one on 23.9% of their defensive possessions. It's an Alabama team that sometimes they play a little bit too fast for their own good. Alabama... They turn the ball over right around 14 times per game. It's an Alabama team that relies heavily on the three-point shot. This is a back-to-back -back game, so their legs are a little bit more tired. I don't want Missouri outright on the money line because I do think that they're going to get decimated on the glass. You've got guys like a Noah Clowney. You've got Brandon Miller. They're able to give you eight-plus rebounds per game. Missouri, they've only got one guy that's able to give you five-plus, but being able to get nine-plus points, I'm in. I set my line at eight and a half. So I do think that there is some value here with Missouri. I love it. Yep, I banged it as soon as I saw that nine and a half. And that should be, I think, a close one. As you mentioned, Bama not running away with teams. All right, we've got the I yes, the Ivy League as a tournament over the last few years. We've got some Ivies to talk about, the AAC, and so much more as we roll through the big day tomorrow. College basketball conference title or semifinal Saturday. He's Greg Hoots Peterson. I'm Dan Leach. Follow him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81 myself at Dan Leach DTM. This is Saturday Bet Prep. You are watching and listening to Decent the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Saturday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to bet the madness this year for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets, tools like our exclusive betting splits, plus our Big Dance Bracket and Betting Guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every tournament game from VEASAN experts like Brett Musburger and my man Craig Hoops Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament for only 19 bucks at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. He is the aforementioned high-level genius Greg Hoops Peterson. I'm Dan Leach. Follow Greg on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. Myself at Dan Leach DTM. We're here on Saturday Bet Prep. Lots more college hoops to get to. Uh, but Greg, I just wanted to ask you this. You know, you, there's no one better at college basketball, but when the season is over, because you do so much and you line every game and you do 15-hour podcasts, do you go to a, like, you know, a secluded island and <laughs> sip on frozen drinks and take a well-deserved couple of weeks? Because, I mean, you're never, you never stop working. There's no one that works any harder with college basketball. What do you do to unplug after the tournament is over? And you got to give yourself at least a week or two, right? Something? The last time I didn't do a college basketball podcast, you have to go all the way back to November of 2019 because when the college <laughs> basketball games end, the college basketball season is not over. The transfer portal is very hot and heavy. You've got a lot of coaches that are getting canned and you've got a lot of coaches that are getting hired. And on top of that, that means that it's baseball season. And I pick and analyze every single one of these baseball games as well. I absolutely love the baseball season. So, no, we we just do what we love day in and day out. And I'm sure that it's going to be a terrific baseball season as well. That starts on March 30th. I will be ready with my spreadsheet. I'll be ready with all those games. And we're going to have a good time. Tear the place apart. Hey, listen, I work hard, my man, but you're the hardest working man at show business. And by the way, quick baseball question. How do you feel about my Blue Jays future I know that there's been a lot of years in the last decade where the Blue Jays are going to be the sexy team out of the AL East. Never happens. Is this maybe finally the year that I can cash a Blue Jays future ticket? I do think that the Blue Jays have a very good possibility, though, that 
AL East, it's just so brutal because I do <gasps> think that the Red Sox are going to be a little bit better this year. The Baltimore Orioles, they've been rising up as well. They're a team yep. that I don't think it was a fluke what they did last year. They've got a lot of good young talent. If you're looking for a little bit of a future, Gunnar Henderson to perhaps win rookie of the year. I think that you've got a little bit of value there, but I do think that with regards to the ALEs, it's if they could just have Kevin Gosman be that ace pitcher, I think that that is the biggest key for them because with the Blue Jays, they've invested a lot in their pitching. Jose Barrios did not pan out for them last season. If they could just have that top flight starting pitching, I think they've got a shot. No, I love it. And Blue Jays, by the way, sitting at 13 to 1. And you mentioned the Orioles. I'm with you. I don't think they were a fluke last year either with that really kind of surprise run throughout the season. Uh, they are 22 to 1 to win the East. I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but look at the kind of value you could get uh, with a team like Baltimore that many people are sleeping on. Uh, but we're not sleeping on college hoops. Let's get right back into it, Greg. And as I mentioned, we have a tournament in the Ivy League. First off, do you like that? Because for so long, they were the lone holdout. They finally, a few years ago, decided to do a tournament. Do you like the Ivy League tournament format? And what are your thoughts on Yale? Obviously, the favorite at about plus 115. Princeton, 2-1. to one. Pennsylvania, 4.5-1. to one. Cornell, 8-1. to one. We'll get to the games in a second. But what do you think about the Ivy League tournament? I do like the Ivy League tournament. I do think that it's a nice format because it does reward the teams that, you know what, it might be a little bit tough for them to be able to bust through during the regular season because with the Ivy League, they play on back-to-back -back days in a lot of circumstances. Right. They play on Fridays and they play on Saturdays, and I do think that the structure is perfect. You don't reward some of these jabroni teams that did absolutely nothing like, oh, I don't know, Ohio State, that all of a sudden <laughs> they get hot for a few days, but at the same time, you give this team that might be like third in the conference. They were relatively competitive. They had a few bounces not go their way at the buzzer, things of that nature. Maybe they went through an injury. They still have a shot. So I honestly think that they have it just right with this tournament. I love the use of the word jabroni, and I love the Ivy Madness. Let's take a quick look at the games in the Ivy tournament, and it starts a quick start, early start. If you're out on the West Coast, you got to be up at 8 in the morning out here on the uh, East Coast, Midwest, 11 a.m. from the Jadwin Gymnasium in beautiful Princeton, New Jersey, Home of John Nash for Beautiful Mind, or slash Rush McCorrow. Cornell, they were, and by the way, just people didn't know, the top four teams making it. That was the, the format that Greg was alluding to. Cornell, 17-10, 7-7 Ivy League conference play. Yale, 20-7, and seven, the one seed. They are 10-4. and four. And you look at this Yale team, a, a favorite of this game. I just lost my spread, but it was at six and a half. Am I right about that? Yep, you're looking at Cornell versus Yale being a spread of anywhere between six and six and a half, depending upon where you shop. And I do think that there's a little bit of value on Cornell. These two teams split during the regular season, and they were completely different games. The first time around, both teams got to 80. Second time around, Yale was able to put the clamps down on defense. But when it comes to Cornell, they're one of the deepest teams that you're going to find in all of college basketball. Eight separate guys that really contribute to the cause, but it's all about Greg Dolan along Nazir Williams. These two guys, they're able to give you about three assists per game apiece. They both shoot north of 40% from three-point range, and that's going to be critical because Yale's a top-20 team in the country. In terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, they do a good job hitting the road. We saw them very nearly knock off Kentucky a little bit earlier this season, but where Yale's a little bit more susceptible is right around the three-point arc as they're 100th in the country. In terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage, Cornell is a team that loves to hoist them up. We saw them put up 100 points on the home floor of Miami a little bit earlier this year. I do think that Yale, in the end, they are going to be able to get it done. And part of my handicap with this as well is taking a look at the tip time. 8 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 
11 a.m. Eastern. You've got a high total of 149 to 149.5 with a Yale team that likes to get after it, play some defense, slow it down. I like the under as well in this spot just because I always do find it a little bit difficult for some of these college kids to get it going at like 10, 11 local time. Yeah, Greg, that's ready for breakfast. And, and I've traveled. I, I was a you know, long-time voice of the Detroit Titans. I've traveled with those teams before. And the kids sometimes don't go to bed until 2 in the morning. They're going to get barely any sleep. Obviously, quick little eggs and uh, uh, bacon breakfast. And I, I'm with you on the under there, and I'm with you uh, on Yale getting the job done. But Cornell I made a lot of money betting Cornell this year. So it should be a fascinating game. And then in the nightcap or slash afternoon cap, approximately 1.30, uh, the, the three-seed pen – and the uh, two seed Princeton, Princeton 19 8, 10 and 4 in Ivy League play, 17 and 12 for UPenn, and 9 and 5 in conference play. And Princeton, the small two point favorite. This game, obviously, 2 3 matchup. Seems like it's got, you know, coin flip written all over it. And this is actually the write up that I'm going to be doing for DK Nation. I like Princeton in the spot. It's a true home game for them. With Princeton, yep. they knocked off Penn twice, and this feels like a really bad matchup for Penn because they've got actually the top remaining score in college basketball in a conference tournament. That'd be Jordan Dingle, the top scorer in all of college basketball, Antoine Davis, his team lost in the Horizon League tournament, so he's number two. He's been able to give the team 23.5 points per game, but Jordan Dingle putting up a big scoring output doesn't necessarily lead to wins. He's been very consistent in that he scored at least 12 points in every single game this season. But when he goes off for 20 points or more, Penn is just two and three in those games. And Princeton has held Penn to 70 points or fewer in both of the games. And that includes an overtime game. Got a Penn team that is right around 200th in the country. Terms points a lot on a per possession basis and Tucson of a Boomin. He is the guy that you want to look for with Princeton. He is a six foot eight point forward, 4.9 assists, six rebounds, 14 and a half points per game. Princeton last year did not win the Ivy League just because they were a little bit poor on defense, more around 85th in the country. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, this is a Princeton team that has really been able to do a rock solid job with their defense. Penn has been much more suspect with their defense. I think that that's a fair way of putting it. And though Princeton doesn't have anyone that gives you north of six and a half rebounds per game, 24th in the country in terms of rebound rate. Princeton going to be able to win the battle on the glass. I like them with my write-up laying two to two and a half points. I felt like this line should have been closer to four and a half. And speaking of write-ups, Greg Hoops-Peterson, a fountain of information. You don't even have to read this stuff. It's all in your head, which just blows me away. I think I know a lot of stuff. You know about 50 times as much as I do. Uh, but I love the Ivy Madness. That should be a lot of fun. I actually have on uh, both sides with you. I like Yale to win, but I like Princeton in that, that game as well. And I do like the under in that first Yale-Cornell game. Uh, let's quickly talk about the AAC semi. Cincy, Houston, Houston minus 10. 136 and a half the total. Cincy obviously has had some moments this year, but Houston definitely going to be a one seed. Uh, they've definitely had trouble covering games, Greg, but is this too many points or a game to stay away from? At 10, it's a max I'm willing to lay with Houston, but I'm willing to lay it where I see a little bit more of an edge is on the under, though. Houston, a bottom 40 team in terms of total possessions per game, entered into this tournament. Number two in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They do a good job of being able to guard the three-point arc. Cincinnati has been a better three-point shooting team, but I do think that Houston going to be able to slow this game down. Game is being played in the state of Texas. I think that they get their style, and I think that that's going to be slow, grimy. I like this total under at right around 136, 137. All right, love it. We got a surprising Vanderbilt team in the SEC tournament semi to talk about Big Ten, ACC, so much more in these final two segments. College basketball central, college basketball heavy. We'll get to all that coming up next. He's Greg Hoots-Peterson. I am Dan Leach. 
And this is Saturday Bet Prep, and you are watching Decent, the Sports Betting Network. This is Saturday Bet Prep on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. So you can see the changes in all of the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. He is Greg Hoops Peterson. You can follow him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. And I am Dan Leach. Follow me at Dan Leach DTM. We've steamed through this show, Greg. It's been nothing but a cavalcade of whimsy. We got a couple segments left. We got, we were saying this during the break. It's always a good thing when you have more things to talk about than you have time left. And we could go and do like maybe a seven-hour show. I was talking to the great legendary uh, program director of Easton, John Goulet. He said, yeah, you're going to do the show with Greg tonight. Then I'll probably go home and do a four-hour podcast. It never ends for you, Greg. I mean, it's nonstop hoops against, you know, 24 hours a day. But I know you love it, eat it up, do a great job of it. This really is just a magical time of year. It certainly is. I mean, all the energy that you need because so many people are asking, oh, well, you need to sleep at some point. It's like when you've got the adrenaline of March going on, you don't need to sleep. I mean, this is exactly what you need. This is what you live for. All these great games, like you're sitting through Alabama A&M versus Alabama State in January. You do it all to get to this magical time. It is a little bit bittersweet that it's coming to an end. But as I always say, don't be mad about what you're not going to have. Be happy with you with what you do got. And right now we've got some absolutely amazing games that are coming up, not just today, but next week when the madness truly starts, whether it is the NCAA tournament, whether it is the NIT, do or die games are the best. Beautifully said. And by the way, we sleep in May. And I will tell you this, Greg, you know, I, I mentioned this at the outset of the show. I love football, you know, love golf, love the, the majors in tennis. Uh, you know, you love baseball. There's, to me, no, and I know you agree with me on this, so I don't really would speak for someone else, but I will speak for you here. There's no better time of the year than this period of the NCAA basketball tournament. and the other stuff, too. And to me, Greg, and I did it in Vegas for the first time last year, but no matter where I'm at, and I got a, a great special party in one of the casinos in Detroit uh, for the opening round coming up next week, those first two days where it's wall-to-wall, and I know back in the day, you used to have to go to a sports bar before the advent of the four channels they use, you know, with TBS and uh, True TV, which a lot of people can't find sometimes. But at least, you know, you can watch the games at home now. You don't have to buy a service or watch it at a sports bar if you don't want to. But when you start at noon and you go all the way till past midnight, sometimes 1, 1.30, Greg, that 12-plus hour window is like celebrating every holiday at once, winning an Oscar, uh, traveling around in a hot air balloon with a supermodel, whatever you want to say. Isn't that like the sweet spot, like – that, that period of time where it starts at noon and goes past midnight and you see buzzer beaters throughout the day and you're around people that are going nuts for whatever their team is or their bracket has, I just think there's nothing better than that in any sports setting during the year, Greg. 
And it brings up great memories for me as well. I was a Hortonville High School polar bear for all of you guys listening out in the great state of Shut Wisconsin. Shut up, polar bears! Yes, one of the best mascots ever for a high school. But all my high school te- teachers would tell me, I had perfect attendance except for two days in March where all of a sudden there would be an appointment and that appointment would be my rear end on a couch watching those games all 12 hours of the day. I'd be doing everything humanly possible to boot up like all those March Madness websites, what have you, that would always stream the games. So you always had to watch a few minutes of ads beforehand, everything like that. It would be absolutely perfect. I would order some pizza. I would go to school every single other day of the year, except for those two days. I would have an appointment. Yeah, and Greg, they used to have that, like, not safe for work button. You push it. It's like you're doing, like, charts and graphs <laughs> and stuff. And, and, by the way, apologies to my man, Mr. Tyler, my seventh grade uh, English teacher. I brought this. I'm a little older than you, Greg. I brought those, like, seven-inch TVs, black and white. I, I, would, I would steal it from my dad's bedroom. I'd bring it in and I would sneak it in and slowly on mute, watch it during class. I only got caught once, so I apologize to my parents, but those are the greatest times and it's the greatest days. It's just nothing like it. Uh, Let's get some games back in the mix here, Greg, and we'll uh, loop back in with the SEC semi. It starts at three for Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. A surprise team for some, maybe not you, but Vanderbilt gets in there, 20 and 13, 11 and seven, in the SEC, and they play AM. I actually lost on Arkansas. I thought Arkansas was going to win that game, uh, but uh, AM played some really good basketball 24 and 8, 15 to 3 in conference. AM, a six point favorite in the total, a buck 40 and a half. Uh, value with Vandy, or can AM kind of blow them away? I did said AM is more of a seven to seven and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the number, and the big thing for Vanderbilt is. Yes, this is in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where they are based. So they get a little bit of a home court advantage. And I actually used to, uh, I actually used to work for the official flagship station of the Vanderbilt Commodore. So I am very familiar with this team. But that said, the biggest thing for them is that they're still playing without Liam Robbins. Liam Robbins, 3.2 blocks, 15 points, 6.8 rebounds per game. They don't have a single guy that gives you north of five rebounds per game, though. They do an okay job by committee. You really don't have a great three-point shooting team. They're outside the top 225 in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. This has been very much a charmed run for Vanderbilt. They've been able to win five straight games, and you take a look at it, they've really lost, I believe now, one out of their last 10. I mean, I don't know how they're necessarily doing it. Granted, it's been a Texas A&M team that they have lost three games against SEC competition all season long, but... I do think that Texas A&M, they just have the better top flight talent. Last time these two teams hooked up, they were able to get the job done 72 to 66. In that game, Vanderbilt, they went 12 of 32 from three-point range, and I don't think that they're going to shoot that well against a Texas A&M team that is a top 55 team in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, and they just maul you on the glass. Julius Marble, Henry Coleman, Dexter Dennis, Tyrese Radford, all these guys give you at least four rebounds per game. You've got that main point guard and Wade Taylor. The one thing Vanderbilt does a, do, does a good job of is they don't really turn the ball over a lot. But I think that Texas A&M just better on the defensive side. I think that they're going to be able to win this game from within. I'm looking to lay the points with Texas A&M. I feel like Vanderbilt have been the beneficiaries of some good fortune. 
No, they haven't. And Greg, as you mentioned, they've won five, uh, you know, 10 or less 11, and including two wins against Kentucky, one on the road, uh, and a road win at Florida. But it's not like they've beaten world beaters. They beat Florida, Mississippi State. Auburn, obviously, is decent uh, at South Carolina. They did beat Tennessee in that, that, that epic one-point game, and they beat all this by three. But it seems like the run, to me, is going to end. I'm with you on a and kind of running away with that one in the end. All right, let's take a look at the second Big Ten semifinal 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. It's a funny Shrewsbury on the way to the forum. Micah Shrewsbury's Penn State. Nittany Lions, one of the hotter teams in the country. They come in 21-12. and 12. Uh, You know, a nice win against the Northwestern team that was the two seed and Penn State the 10 seed. That was a nip and tuck game that went to overtime, much like the game about 10 or so days ago uh, between Penn State and Northwestern. And then Indiana. To me, one of the most inconsistent teams in all of college basketball, yet they still are pretty darn good. They got, you know, Jackson Trace Davis. They're, you know, 22 and 10, 12 and 8. And they open up as a three-point favorite. The total 140. I mean, my my heart is telling me lead with the Shrewsbury's here. My head is maybe Indiana's finally putting it together and they can win this game by more than three, maybe by double digits. I set this line at three and a half. I'm willing to lay three and not a half a point more with Indiana because with Indiana, they should be able to just completely decimate Penn State down low. You've got Trace Jackson Davis against a Penn State team that they really don't have a forward that gives you north of four rebounds per game. Their main rebounders are actually their guards and Seth Lundy along Jalen Pickett, which, by the way, I will start the campaign for Jalen Pickett to be an All-American. This guy's been terrific. 17 points, 7 boards, 7.5 assists, shoots 40% from 3. Aenea has been amazing, but for Penn State, they rely a lot on the 3-point shot, and they're outside the top 200 in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. That typically does not win in March. It's an Indiana team that has not been the same when they've been away from Assembly Hall, so that has hurt them a little bit. But I do think that with Indiana, just having all the size that they do have down low, that is going to take it out of a Penn State team that they look gassed in that game that they played as well against Northwestern. Northwestern, they won the turnover battle. They won the offensive rebound battle. It was just a case where Penn State hit more shots than them, and this is a really good shooting team in Penn State, but you've got to wonder if a team that really relies upon their jump shooting is going to have the legs in this one because keep in mind that Northwestern game, it did go to overtime, and then it takes a toll on a team that really doesn't have a ton of depth as well. Yep, TJD, by the way, as you mentioned, Trace Jackson Davis averaging over 20 a game, leads the team in assists at almost four, and field goal percentage at almost 57%. And Indiana, much to my chagrin, Greg, they ended the Wolverine season because they beat them twice in about, what is it, 14 days by a total of three points in two games that the Wolverines probably should have won, Greg. At least give me one of those games, and they're probably in. Yep, and I mean, for Wisconsin, they probably had their season ended by Ohio State as well, but... They had plenty of other opportunities, and they made like your buddy at the bar and couldn't close. They sure did. All right, that's Greg Hoops-Peterson. I'm Dan Leach. We got one segment left. Don't go anywhere. More college hoops to get to. This is Saturday Bet Prep, and this is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Saturday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. You win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive Bet Rivers Squares this basketball season. Place a qualifying bet and you get a square on the house. If the numbers on your square match the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligible bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions available at BetRiversSquares.com. He is Greg Hoops Peterson. Follow him on Twitter at GU underscore 81. I am Dan Leach here in the Moda City. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Leach DTM. And Greg, I don't know how, but all of a sudden we have one segment left. It feels like the show 
has flown by in about 25 minutes or the amount of time that Michigan takes to blow a lead <laughs> late in the game. Uh, they won't be dancing. They'll be in the NIT. Greg, could they be a one seed in the NIT? I do think that they could be a top seed in the NIT. I'd probably set them either as a one or a two, depending upon which teams get in slash are left out and depending upon what happens in conference USA, because I think that Florida Atlantic should be in, but if they were to snub them, they would probably place them as like the number one seed in the NIT, which would be a travesty by the way. Hoot hoot. You gotta love the owls. And then maybe Michigan can get it on a nice run in the NIT because Juwan Howard and yeah, they lost Llewellyn early and they blew those two games to Indiana, but he could use a nice little run in the NIT. He's on a hot seat by any stretch. I don't think yet. Uh, but just a disappointing year. Michigan didn't get it going until way too late. And then obviously fumbled and uh, got their embarrassment, uh, you know, papers handed to them against Rutgers. Let's run through some of these games here. Uh, there's a lot more games to get to before we uh, sign off for the night. And let's go to the Big 12 championship final, Greg, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 out West from the T-Mobile Center. You're pointing this out throughout the show. It's in Kansas City. By the way, it's in Missouri, not in the state of Kansas. Kansas playing basically a – you know, a quasi-home game against Texas, who got by TCU. The TCU had chances late and kind of blew it over and over again. Texas 25-8, and 12-6 in the conference. Kansas 27-6. and six. Should be the one seed, if not the overall one seed, in the tournament 13-5 in the Big 12. KU, a one-and-a-half point favorite, 142-and-a-half a total. Greg, I thought you made a great point, as I mentioned throughout the show, that this Kansas team is basically playing, it's not like playing at Fog Allen, but it's basically a home game. They've done this for years, winning the Big 12 tournament. Very short price. I know Texas plays them tough, and the, the Longhorns feel you know ultimate confidence right now. But to me, I feel like this is Kansas' game to win. Yep, I do think so as well. And I do think the big thing for Kansas as well, they're going to have the rebounding advantage because with Texas, they're also dealing with their top rebounder in Timmy Allen, dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. And for Texas, that's where they're most vulnerable. They don't do a good job of fitting the glass. Meanwhile, for Kansas, you've got Jalen Wilson. He's able to give you right around 19 points, eight rebounds per game. So they should be able to win that battle down low. And the guy that really doesn't get talked about a lot for Kansas, because we always mention Wilson, we mentioned Grady Dick, that would be Dewan Harris. His assist to turnover ratio is north of three. It gives you right around 6.3, 6.4 assists to fewer than two turnovers per game. So I like the way that he's able to just be clean with the ball for Kansas and with a Kansas team that does a solid job of being able to generate turnovers, I think that that's going to bode very well for them. You've also got a little bit of a revenge angle as well as last time these two teams hooked up, you have to go back to last Saturday, and Kansas had one of their coldest offensive games of the entire season, Sands that game against Tennessee, where they just could not get anything going whatsoever, and I think that this is going to be a little bit of a different output for Kansas, and I know you were mentioning the health issues that Bill Self has been facing. Yep. He is not going to be available and coaching on the sidelines in this game. So I did have to dock Kansas a little bit, but I sort of I sort of gave Kansas half of a home court advantage in this one. I placed them as a two and a half point favorite. Right now seeing this line anywhere between one and two. So shop accordingly. Like where I sit at Circa, that line is one. At DraftKings, that is a two. So always be sure to get the best of the number. But I'd like Kansas to be able to get the job done. I'm willing to take them in this spot laying anywhere between one and two. And I'm with you. And by the way, on the Bill South thing, and obviously you you hope for him, uh, you know, hope the best for him with the health uh, scare. But it's not like he's a, a new coach. He's been there for uh, forever. So I don't think the drop down with his top assistant is going to be that big of a deal. So really good points on that one. Let's talk about some action. I'm a proud EMU graduate, former classmate of Charlie Batch and Earl Boykins. Back basketball, not what it was when I was in college, that's for sure. But you do have two pretty darn good teams going out of the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse at 730 in Cleveland, a rock city, Kent State. Toledo, the two best teams, I believe, 
in the conference. I mean, Akron was right there at times. Toledo, a small favorite, minus one. Total, kind of a high 150. This seems like a pretty juicy game. Oh, it certainly is a juicy game as Toledo. They have been a top three team in the country in terms of a point scored on a per-possession basis. Kent State, they're a top 20 team in points allowed on a per-possession basis. It is strength on strength. Toledo has been able to get past 80 points in all but two of their last 18 games. One of those games came against Kent State. Kent State does a great job of being able to generate turnovers. Toledo, they don't turn the ball over. They're in the top five nationally in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. It is strength on strength. I default a little bit more to the defense, though. This is a game that is being played out there in Ohio, so both of these teams should have great representation over there at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But with Kent State, you've got so many interchangeable parts down low. They've got four separate guys that give you between four and a half and five and a half rebounds per game, and they've got that fifth-year guard in sincere carry. And I sincerely mean this. This guy is terrific. <laughs> 17 points. Five assists per game. Malik Jacobs is in the top 15 nationally in terms of steals force on a per-possession basis. This Toledo team is a better offensive team, but I like the better defensive team in Kent State. I think that they get it done. They showed once before that they're able to slow down this Toledo offense. I think that they're going to be able to do so once again. Not only is the guy a hoops genius, but he brings puns as well. It should be a lot of fun in the MAC title game. Both those teams could be closer. They both have the same identical overall record. One game different in the MAC. Conference play 62 for Toledo and 50 3 for Kent State. You know, I've talked about a few teams. I brought up Vanderbilt. I mean, obviously, you and I know that they haven't necessarily been doing things quietly, but to maybe most of the country, they didn't know that Vanderbilt had won 10 of 11 games. How about Virginia? It's not like they're, you know, being slept on and not a good team. They're a top 15 team. They're 25 and 6. But a lot of people thought that they would be in the ACC final. They're playing a new team that many thought maybe three, four weeks ago after they got blasted by Miami and gave them 81, that they would be there. But it's Duke, Virginia, 8.30, Greensboro Coliseum, which is kind of a home away from home for Duke. They've won so many ACC tournaments there. Duke minus two, 123 the total. Obviously a low total because of Virginia's defense. This should be another barn burner of a game. Oh, I agree with you. I do think what is going to be a little bit of an X factor here, though, is that Virginia is missing Ben Vanderplas. He is going to be out not just for this game, but for the rest of the season. He was the number two rebounder for Virginia, so they're left with just one guy. That gives you north of four and a half rebounds per game. And that's Jaden Gardner. He's been able to do a nice job all season long. He supplies you with about five and a half rebounds, 11 to 12 points per game. But having to go up against Derek Lively, he's been able to give the team multiple blocks per game. Hasn't been the offensive player we were expecting when he was a top five recruit, but he's been there defensively. Kyle Filipowski is a double-double machine. And I do think that you need to take into account what happened the last time these two teams played. As I can't believe I'm saying it, Duke didn't get the advantage of a call. I mean, this has know, to be right? the first time in the history of basketball that it happened because if you took a look at that first game between Virginia and Duke, Kyle Filipowski obviously gets hammered on a play. It was right at the end of regulation. He should have gotten two free throws. If he knocks down one of them, Duke wins the game. So, I mean, not to say that Duke absolutely would win that game. You bank on Kyle Filipowski being one of those free throws. So, game goes to overtime. Game goes down the toilet bowl from there for Duke. And if you had Duke in that game, that was sincerely one of the worst beats that you're going to find all season long. That should not have happened. But I do think that Duke is going to have that weighing on them a little bit. And you mentioned it. This is in Greensboro, North Carolina. 
Once again, sort of like with Kansas, you don't award full home court advantage, but you do give a little bit of a boost to Duke in this one as well. And what I think is an X factor as well, Dariq Whitehead. Ever since he's come back from injury, he's shooting right around 45% from three. Outside shooting is what Duke has been lacking. He is the X factor. I think Duke gets it done. I did set them as a two and a half point favorite. Really not looking to lay more than two with them, but willing to lay the deuce. Yeah, that was like when LeBron didn't get a call against the Celtics. How could Duke not get a call? Maybe if Coach K was there, they would have. All right, before we get out of here, let's talk Pac-12, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific. T-Mobile Warrior right there in Vegas, Greg. It will be out there watching the game after you do seven hours of podcasts. Arizona, UCLA, UCLA minus one. This should be another nip and tuck battle between two great Pac-12 teams. By the way, I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to go to the Pac-12 final or the Big West final at the Dollar Loan Center. So that is the decision that I have for me tonight. Good options, Greg. Yes, sir. Great basketball out here in Las Vegas. But I say UCLA is a point and a half favorite. I recognize that they're without Jalen Clark, but this UCLA team has so many ways to be able to beat you. And I just rely upon the veteran backcourt. You've got Tiger Campbell, Jaime Acas. These two guys were a part of that Final Four team from a few seasons ago, and they're looking a little bit more to Adam Bona. Bona has been able to give you multiple blocks per game. I think that he's going to hold his own against Azula Sabellis along with Umar Balo. And if UCLA even plays even up on the glass, I like the backcourt advantage that you do have with this UCLA team. Did set them as a slight favorite. I'm willing to lay up to one with them. And looking at the under as well, UCLA, a very good defensive team. Greg, can't tell you how much fun this was. Can't wait to do it again. You're the best, my man. You are as well. Thank you, Dan. And always good to get a pair of good Midwest guys on VSIN. Gotta love it. Thanks to our guests, Mike Randall, Rob Donaldson, Sean Hardy, of course, producer Brian Ortega, the whole crew. He's Greg Peterson. I'm Dan Leach. March Madness, it's here. It doesn't get any better. This has been Saturday Bet Prep on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Good night, everybody. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.